Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to put the fall series to bed, honestly. Uh, the Red Stars played their final Northeast pod matchup against Sky Blue FC. Hit the road away to New Jersey at Montclair State where they lost 3-1. Sky Blue FC, there's some things to get into in this match. Some of them, not necessarily goals. Uh, but I couldn't go through all of that stuff alone because no one could ever do anything alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins. AKA the scam originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? I'm good. <laughs> Folks, coming to you currently on a Monday night post Red Stars. I know. You days. ask me this every time, and that time it really hit me. I was like, how am I? How do I feel? I am <laughs> I am doing uh-huh. question mark. <laughs> It's a shout out to everybody who was able to make it through this Monday because uh, we are still trying. Uh, but hopefully it's going to it's going to get a little better because we're closing it out together with friends. Um, Red Stars dropped the, the fall series finale. Three one. Claire, we previewed this match for the Red Stars ahead of them. I think we had. Similar vibe going into this match. It's a vibe that we have had really for every fall series match where we just maybe wanted them to just try to have some fun and and not get hurt. And uh, we were also looking perhaps maybe for some surprises along the way, right, for this last match because there have been a number of Red Stars to been working their way back uh, through some some nagging injuries and, um, you know, some some folks who maybe – didn't travel for that first game, and we were wondering how that was going to look for the final game. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the final result maybe necessarily isn't what uh, we would have thought that they wanted to end it things with, but um, it was nice to, I think, finally put this to rest. Yeah, I mean, the the thought that I had Saturday morning, which – I like thought it and I was like, you dumb bitch, don't tweet that. Um, which was just, uh, I would be like, oh, it'd be nice for Chicago to end the season on a win, right? Like they don't get a lot of opportunities to do that. When you make the postseason, right? Three teams lose, one team wins. It, the odds are against you. But um, at the end of something like this, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe we'll like walk away from this being like, woohoo, we, we won. But um, I knew better than that. <laughs> you know, not to I knew not to tweet that. I was like, you're gonna look so stupid if you tweet that. Um yeah, I think um I think going into this, and we'll talk about this when we talk about uh lineups, um is that I think we were excited to see a more complete Chicago starting eleven. Um, but then we quickly realized that such things but were it so simple. Um and it wasn't quite as simple as we would have liked it to be. It's not like they can just show up and culminate in that way. We didn't really have a culmination, but um, yeah. Life is hard, but the Red Stars work harder. Yeah, I, 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 I was just excited. I was just excited for the match. I thought, I genuinely thought that um, they would have a stronger 11 than Sky Blues and that they were going to have a good game. <laughs> Hey, we're going to talk about some of the, um, we're going to get into this, this game right now for everybody. And, uh, while there aren't a ton of goals to, to analyze on the red star side of things, I think there's still some stuff here in between the lines we're eager to, to chat about, uh, let's get into these starting lineups so that we can jump into the, the, the game day vibes for, for the red stars, they lined up as followed for their final match in the fall series. They had a listener in that. The return of Casey Short, Tierna Davidson, Sarah Gordon, Bianca St. George is to run out the back line. The midfield of Morgan Gatro, Danny Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo, Sarah Luber, Savannah McCaskill, and Khalil Watt to run out there starting 11. Claire, I got to ask you those first impressions of the starting lineup. 
Yeah, I mean, it's exciting, right? It, it felt like a little bit closer to what we were hoping for. And, and I know that it was a stated goal, right, at the club to get some people kind of working back in. And um, I think, though, also it was kind of boring, right? Like they had the same front six that they've had um, because that actually is for what's available to them about what they're shooting for. Obviously it would have been really nice to have Katie Johnson in the mix a little bit more in the fall, but, um, and then right in the back line, Casey short and Tierna Davidson were, were ready to go. And, and that felt good. And I, yeah, I, I was excited. I was genuinely excited to, to see some of that. Um, perhaps again, maybe just like too excited. I think that, we talked about this and it was driving me crazy on the, on the broadcast as well, where they were, they multiple times, they were like, with all these names on the team sheet, you were expecting something. And I I was, I was actually expecting something, but that's not how it works. And I should have known better. Um, But yeah, it it was good. It was honestly, what? I said, it's unfortunate because that like should be how it works. Right. (laughs) WSL. Yeah, exactly. And but I was excited to see everybody back. You know, it at least felt like we got a chance to to see the Chicago Red Stars a little bit more at the end. And if these moments are precious, right? So it was just it was nice to see Casey Short back out there. I couldn't. It just felt wrong how long it's been since we've seen her play for Chicago. And um, yeah, I was stoked. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, not too, too much uh, to add on on the general feelings upon seeing that starting 11. Um, I also was happy to see it. I mean, you had to imagine with the announcement of those uh, United States women's training camp roster names that got put out recently this week, which we will chat about uh, post this, this recap. Uh, to see somebody like, you know, Casey Shore, Turner Davidson on it, and, and knowing that there was this final match that was going to happen, and if they were healthy enough to go, it was likely that they were going to give it a go so that they had a game under their belt uh, to take with them into these camps. And um, I will note, before we jump into Sky Blue starting 11, uh, you know, the, the substitutions that were available for Chicago. On top oh, of the- yeah, that was exciting. We had Ariel Chavarin. They had, uh, you know, Kelsey Daughtry for, for back of goalkeeper, Zoe Gorowski, Katie Johnson, Zoe Morse, and Ella Stevens, who all made the, the trip to travel uh, with Aaron Wright um, to be available off the bench as subs. So seeing those names, you know, they had announced that Ella Stevens was, was given a contract. Um, Prior to to making this trip, uh, Aaron Wright had obviously been involved throughout the duration of fall series, and we had seen her as, as part of warmups, right, for for a couple of those games that we were there at SeatGeek Stadium, and to see her make make the trip away, you thought maybe maybe this might be be the day, right, because it's the only day it's the only day left. So, um, I think there was a lot of excitement, uh, you know, on both our parts for just that starting 11 in general, but I know we were also pretty stoked about uh, the subs there that were available as well. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, I think it's, it's not a big secret. We've talked about this before that Chicago always has people in and out of training who are not necessarily on the roster, even more so this year. And they're not alone in that. I think that a lot of teams have had um, people help fill out their numbers and stuff like that. But we did know that Ella Stevens was training with Chicago this whole time. She did go back into market after the challenge cup. She's been living in Chicago this year. Uh, So the thing that I didn't realize was that the fall series has no roster rules. I thought that that was a done deal, but I guess that, um, you know, it's all made up and the points don't matter. So she was able to join them on that trip. And I think that's great. I think that, um, in, in the concept of, yes, right, it's it's the last game, and it's a reward, obviously, for her work in kind of moving back into fitness after the Challenge Cup, but I think also a little bit to, um, it's the last big team trip, right, and you want everyone to be able to go do that, even in some sort of a culmination of the journey this year, and Ella Stevens was a big part of that journey, so I think that some of that was obviously a reward for hard work and also an acknowledgement that maybe they'd need her, you know, you never know. Um, But I think that in the opposite philosophy from the first trip to New Jersey, where they didn't really bring any, no, the first trip, sorry, to to Washington, where they didn't bring anybody at all. They were like, you know what, this is the big final trip. 
this is the starting, you know, we're going to take starting 11 photos. We're going to be a team one last time. And I think that it was nice that so many people got to participate in that. Yeah. You love to see it. We love to see it. Um, shout out to the home side. We're going to run down there starting 11 to help provide additional context for this match. In net, they had Kaylin Sheridan, a goalkeeper, Imani Dorsey, Mandy Freeman, Estelle Johnson, Eric Oskrowski to route out their back line. Sarah Waldmo, Nicole Baxter, Dami Richardson, Paige Monahan, Ifioma Anamanu, and Midge Purse to round out their starting 11. Claire, gotta admit, saw that lineup, thought Kaylin Sheridan, solid goalkeeper. I thought having somebody like Estelle Johnson slotting in to that back line was going to be much more helpful for them this time around as they went up against the Red Stars. And uh, I'm not going to front. I looked at the midfielders and I thought, you know what? I think Chicago might have the edge here. And of course, I was absolutely fearful of Ifeoma Anumanu. She has had some wonderful individual performances against the Chicago Red Stars this season and we got to see some more of it in this match. Do you have anything that stood out for you for, for this starting alone? I mean, yeah, similar feeling. Um, the sky blues front three is as dangerous as ever. And, um, but they've also been kind of up and down. They've had games where they've been really exciting and impressive and some games where they've kind of disappeared. So I didn't really know exactly what to expect. Agreed that I thought Sky Blue without Jennifer Cujo in the midfield was weaker um, than they were even in the first game against Chicago. And then also agreed. I think Kaylin Sheridan's very difficult to get goals past. And um, her not being in goal for the first half of Chicago's first game against Sky Blue was obviously a big part of that narrative. And then Estelle Johnson, when she's healthy, is, is one of the best defenders on that team. So, um, yeah, I think – and we'll talk about this as we talk about the first half, but I think – Looking at it, the the way that, you know, before the game started, you thought to yourself, well, there are exploitable th parts of this, of this uh, Sky Blue 11. Um, and then, but the thing that they did, and maybe this is the right thing to say to talk about the beginning of the game, is that Sky Blue didn't play the way that they played against Chicago the first time. They flipped it completely. Uh, they tried to like play their style in that first match at, at SeatGeek against Chicago and they tried to possess and they tried to break down and they lost uh, by a lot. And then this time they said, hey, Chicago, you want to do this again? Um, we're going to make you have the ball and you do something with it. And and so I think that it's it's fair to say that Sky Blue, especially in the Challenge Cup and early in the fall series, I don't think this is the way they played on Saturday is the way they want to play. But I think that um, they saw what they had available to them and they adjusted their style accordingly and it worked really well. So um, yeah. I think that's an important part of that conversation as well. Absolutely. I think it's probably what um, I think it's safe to say that it's what's most impressive about this sky blue team is uh, how quickly they're able to make their adjustments and adapt and try to work that out in their favor. I'm in agreement with you 100% that it was an exact flipped script on the Chicago Red Stars, which is funny because, I mean, the Red Stars just were, like, not a team that we really saw too, too often um, fighting to retain that possession, right, against Sky Blue when they yeah. were – it's it's easy again it's easy for me to complain about the commentary uh in a game where chicago lost by a lot because it's harder and harder to listen to when when like chicago's not doing well but they were talking at the beginning of the game they said yes chicago's favored 4-3-3 and they're gonna possess through the midfield and i'm like they all oh, this is wrong they, i was like they could i i guess like i guess they theoretically could do that nope. but that's no not we watched these games claire we watched the games and we're like no, that is actually in incorrect. That is, in fact, not the right information. The Red Stars do not play that way. Yeah. Um, but they did. They did on Saturday. They it just did didn't on Saturday. Go, didn't so they surprised so well. everybody. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Sky Blue adjusted. They did that really well. And uh, God bless Casey Short. They really went after her, didn't they? 
Yes, they did. I mean, and in fairness, the Red Stars were trying to find her, you know, know. to start this game. Um, you're talking about a player that um, it's it's October, fam. You know, Casey Short went out of the Challenge Cup with an injury. So this is mid-July, right? And uh, we're seeing Casey Short play her first game back on October, what was that, the 10th. So it's yep. been a long time. Been a long time since a uh, an elite player like that is uh, played in a competitive match, and naturally, with her experience, they were trying to find her. I mean, she was one of the first players to get called offside in this match, you know, uh, really quickly. So you thought, okay, there's some some things that are going to happen here. Maybe that'll look good, and probably for maybe what the first ten minutes, right? You saw these two teams sort of feeling each other out and sky blue was absolutely 100% fine with allowing the red stars to do whatever they wanted with the ball. Uh, and they, it was evident from the jump that they were going to just try their best to win the transition game, hit them on a counter. And it nearly happened. It nearly, nearly, nearly worked within the opening 10 minutes. Uh, but instead of a goal, we had some really fun on-field antics to discuss for everybody instead of a goal. So we get uh, we go ahead and we get Sky Blue uh, hitting the Red Stars on a counter. Uh, Tierna Davidson and a number of other defenders are involved in the play. And there's a foul that's committed. And a yellow card is issued. but that's what we were assuming. Uh, but it was ultimately, it was a red card that was initially issued. So the official issues a red card to Tierna Davidson for what he perceived to be Doxo, uh, which is just like a clear attempt on goal and uh, a deliberate foul there. And the Chicago Red Stars, um, proceeded to unveil all of their Chicago. The entire city of Chicago just jumped out of that Chicago Red Stars back line. Midfield got involved. Alyssa Nair got in the face of the official. Lots of hand gestures, lots of facial expressions, lots of shouting. And of course, because we're living in the timeline that does not have fans in regular productions, occurring at matches we got to hear some great stuff on the sidelines from head coach Rory Dames who was giving it to the side AR there was a lot and I mean a lot of dissent and by some miracle it worked I the thing that I don't know is that the first red card precision in NWSL history has that ever happened before in a game I want to say yes yeah that has Um, to be the first time I mean, I can tell you my experience watching at home, which was um, when I saw what had occurred, I thought to myself, oh, there's nothing they can do. There's nothing we can, there's nothing anyone can do. It's happened and it can't unhappen and it doesn't matter. And it, there's nothing we can do. Um, but yeah, God bless, God bless the, the assistant ref. I mean, I think the, the thing that I, I perceived, um, visually was that uh, I mean Tierna Davidson made a tactical foul right at the top of the box um and she did that because she knew that she had three teammates <laughs> around her um and I, I believe that's also what the assistant referee said to the center official and there's a there's a photo Meg Linehan took a photo of Alyssa Nair and she's got her glove curled so that she's got three fingers up and I believe she's probably counting the other defenders the other in on defenders. that play. Um, yeah, I think you see that a lot, actually. You see uh, players get, you know, soft reds or whatever, and they just kind of, like, stand there, like, is this real life? Um, and a lot of times it is. And so the fact that it wasn't uh, – was a minor miracle, I, I'm glad that it didn't happen. I don't – I didn't think it deserved a red card. I also think it would have ruined the game. I think that it just didn't – it was unnecessary. Um I know that it's a complicated thing, right? Because people complain about the yellow cards and their suspensions. And then other people say, well, don't foul so much. And then you complain about bad reds. And then they say, well, don't foul. And I, I get it, but it's, 
that particular decision would have been really unfortunate. And it also would have knocked Tuna Davidson out of next year's opener. And that would have been a real bummer. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it was the dissent. I don't know if the dissent helped or just the fact that the assistant referee had a, a clear sight line that, um, Casey short had that play covered. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It was, a it was just a interesting series of events. Um, <laughs> my initial reaction was I laughed. I literally laughed. Um, I think I even tweeted, LOL. I just, uh, because I think everybody saw that, like not just Alyssa Nair, right? And obviously the, the sideline AR saw that as, as well. Um, but it was, I think the, the part of it that it got rescinded and corrected and issued a yellow was the part that was surprising. You know, like that's the part that kind of, I think, uh, might've stuck with people the most. Like, not just like, oh, not just that, like, oh, that was crazy and wow, look at the Red Stars all kind of get out there and, and after and after the ref. And yeah, shout out to Meg Linehan, because if you haven't seen um, some of the photos that she took at this game, uh, you should check it out on her Twitter. It's literally art. It is fantastic, fantastic imagery of this moment. Yeah, it, I mean, it does need to be said, and I think that we should say it, that it, it takes a lot to get uh, Vanessa Bernardo in the face of a center official. Uh, she's not a yeller, really. Not um, a pointer. No, not really a yeller, not a pointer. She doesn't get heated on the field all that much, but uh, that was a whole it, – it was a funny combination of obviously what felt like a very clear overcorrection to the wrong player because yeah. if there's anyone that Chicago is going to ride for, it will be not only Tierna Davidson, but Tierna Davidson in like her first start of the year. Like yeah. I think that um, – it, it was a very funny combination of, of multiple things, but yeah, I think that if you have Vanessa DiBernardo strong with some strong words, that's maybe an indicator that you've gone too far. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, quite perfect. Actually. Um, the fact that, uh, players like Savannah McCaskill or Sarah Gordon were actually not the most aggro on the field about it kind of, kind of tells you, uh, something a little bit, but uh, it was, it was an interesting moment to, I think, also to occur in the timing in which it happened because it was so early in the game, right? And moments like that can really kind of either mess with the team that that moment is happening to mentally, right? One, or B, quite frankly, kind of mess with the momentum of the opposition, which Sky Blue completely had um, in terms of getting in on, on goal, finding opportunities to get in on goal like that. Um, and... To be quite honest, I don't know if it really swayed Chicago one way or the other to kind of uh, lock it in and, and, and buckle it in and, and hunker down and try to, like, get back to whatever it was, their game plan that they were trying to go ahead and accomplish because Sky Blue uh, just kind of continued to stick with their game plan. They were just like, well, we're just going to keep letting you try. <laughs> like we're just gonna keep letting you try, and uh, nothing ended up developing for the Red Stars, unfortunately, because there was just some just disconnecting. Again, there were some more offsides that were the uh, more offside calls that were were made uh, for the Red Stars. Some fouling that was going on. Uh, quite honest, uh, we we saw a couple fouls from from the back line. Of, St. George's, Casey Short, right? I also just think they had some trouble with the playing service, honestly. It seemed like they – and we'll talk about this maybe on the first goal um, that Sky Blue scored. I think Chicago was not ready for the way the ball was moving. They've spent the last three weeks practicing and playing games on grass, and I think that um, there was some specificity to the way that ball was bouncing that was not yeah. what they were used to or, or ready for. Absolutely. I mean, we saw – I mean, we're actually leading up to the goal. I mean, we it, the first goal occurred in the, in the – first 25 minutes of the match but at minute 25 you had Mitch Purse uh putting in her work she put in a shift y'all Mitch Purse has, has been doing that all fall series and she did it again in this final match against the Red Stars and uh she went ahead and uh, assisted this opening goal sent a ball into really what just was like sort of a waiting page Monahan. I mean there were defenders there with her uh Alyssa Nair to her credit uh did appear to get a read on this ball right uh and then it just kind of got poked in to the net 
Yeah, that's where I talk about the surface. Nayer missing that um, surprised me a little bit, and it, and it just made me wonder that the weight, the way that the ball kind of moved quicker than I think she was expecting. Because right, her placement was correct, and she went made the move to cut off the pass, and it got underneath her, I think. And and I don't know if she missed times that if if this is on a playing surface that they had been spending more time on. Um, uh, you gotta you gotta cover your weak side defend or your weak side attacker better than that. I don't know whose assignment that was, but that was too easy for Monahan. But yeah, that goal was weird in that I thought Nayer would have you know nine times out of ten she gets that ball, but it just got underneath her that time. Yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a, it was another weird moment. I think if you're obviously we're watching it in a Red Stars lens, um, the team had obviously just tried to play their way back from an awkward. Um, moment and situation with that red then yellow card with the official um and then that goal happens right and it's just kind of like well all right well we'll just keep trying because that's who we are and we'll just keep going and and they did you know i mean the red stars to their credit um we're trying to make things happen i mean we saw uh, them try to get a couple misses there were a couple missed attempts uh, leading up into the hydration break, which kind of felt, again, like sort of how the wrestlers have been taking their matches, and they're just taking it like like minute by minute if you're going and breaking it down 15 by 15 by 15. It just sort of felt like, okay, you had that awkward moment on the pitch. This weird-ass goal just happened. Let's just get into the hydration break, hit the reset button, and, uh, and make something happen. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, after having a couple missed attempts, getting into the uh, hydration break. Uh, funny thing with those water breaks, both teams get them. And uh, Sky Blue went ahead and decided to immediately score uh, out of their hydration break. In the 35th minute, we had Ifioma Anumano be able to take a right-footed shot, uh, sort of center of goal. Again, not to take anything away from Ifioma Anumano because she's really had the Red Stars number this this year in 2020. Uh, but Paige Monahan was able to get on the assisted side of this thing, and she was able to to serve in a good ball. If Yomanamana was there, put this uh, ball away, and all of a sudden, Red Stars were down 2 nothing in this uh, first half. Yeah, I mean, we're hitting the point here where I don't, I don't know if I have that much analysis of any of this. I think Chicago is just a little bit slow. They just looked a little slow, looked a little, you know, drowsy. Look like um, a, a traveling side done with 2020. Yeah. So let me tell you, watching it, I felt, <laughs> I felt it. And I felt and it. yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think um, I'm not going to pretend that what Sky Blue was able to do wasn't effective. But I also just think Chicago didn't have their heads on straight uh, after the hydration break. I think they just everyone was moving kind of slow. The only player that looked awake uh, that whole first half was, was Sarah Gordon. So I, it's that thing where I don't even know, I don't know what to be mad about there. And I don't really even know like what to say. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of ground that Sarah Gordon covered in that first half specifically. It was uh, interesting to, to see. I mean, she's been tasked. She's really been tasked in 2020 with really anchoring that back line. She's had to do it literally like 90% of the time in 2020. And it's, um, it's just interesting to see that in a back line that is starting caliber, quite frankly, when you've got names like Casey Shore, when you've got a name like Turner Davidson and a player like Bianca St. George's who's really balled out this year, uh, how Gordon was covering ground everywhere uh, positionally. And um being down two goals, you know, in the first half, you feel still in it, honestly, when you're an NWSL. But let me tell you, going down three goals and conceding one in stoppage time of first half really has got to stick in your craw, man, because that is what happened for the Chicago Red Stars. They conceded a third goal in the 47th minute, so second minute of first half stoppage time. Paige Monahan just waiting in the wings inside of the box as Midge Purse just gifted her this floating cross and headed it away. And the Red Stars found themselves down 3-0 heading into the half. This is an I feel statement. 
that I'm going to make. Um, but upon watching that goal, I said to myself, I feel like I remember the last time this happened. <laughs> um, this is a game with much higher stakes. Uh, but I got to tell you, folks, it felt pretty similarly. <laughs> uh, it was funny. It was funny. I laughed. It was like, well, we're finishing. The, we're, <laughs> we're wrapping the season up. We're going uh, out the only way we know how. The baby. only way we know how. <laughs> Feeling bad. <laughs> I was like, cool. So we're winning the second half, huh? Um, That's right. Yeah. Here, I don't, again, I, I don't have the ability to like be this upset about it. It was it's, bad. They were bad. I don't know what else working. to say, it, <laughs> but it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> we're going into the second half, guys. I mean, it's the last game of the, the 2020. Try some stuff. You're down right. three balls. You're down three goals in in the last game of 2020. Try some stuff. So that's what they did. You guys, to start the second half, we saw Zoe Morris get subbed on, replacing Bianca St. George's. And honestly, y'all, probably the brightest spot in this moment outside, right next to adjacent of Sarah Gordon. Erin Wright made her return. That's what's up, y'all. Shout out to Grady's mama coming on for Sarah Luber. In second half, guys, I mean, really, that's what was up. We saw Aaron Wright. We're going we're gonna to touch on her for, for a little bit because, again, <laughs> this game is not one to be analyzed. We don't want to do that, and you're not here for that either. So we're going to talk a bit about Aaron Wright. Uh, we saw her come on, and they, with these two substitutions, we saw some things get shipped around, right? Um, I feel like, again, and I feel a statement, uh, but also probably, I mean, we're not incorrect a lot of the times when we talk about the Red Stars, Claire, but you and I both know that probably next to Alyssa Motts, uh, Aaron Wright, possibly the Red Stars, uh, more versatile players on their roster. This is a player that we have seen, you know, with Chicago since she was drafted in 2015, um, coming out of Kentucky, playing a bit more offensively in college, but getting into the Red Stars, and and what happens when you come to the Red Stars? You got to defend, baby. So she got put on the back line, and and we've seen her play higher in her more later years with the Red Stars. Uh, I mean, you're talking about even within that Sam Kerr era, getting lined up top uh, in that top line uh, with a player like Sam Kerr. So watching her get to finally get some minutes in 2020, and uh, seeing them sort of happen defensively, just sort of felt kind of kind of right uh to start with it was really nice to to see her be able to get out in this game yeah it was awesome and and we'll 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 play some of this but what she said post game which i think is is so true is just um for her and this is what we were talking about a little bit at the beginning where we were saying that it would the narrative might follow that you know chicago puts it all together for the last game and they have their strongest starting 11 and they play their best and all of that sort of stuff but what we saw more was just it was just the last shot at, at getting some good small moments. And so having someone like Aaron Wright be able to come on and put a good half hour together was awesome. And it was something that I, I think for her, she just needed to get out on the field. It, the thing that I keep thinking about a lot is, is in the context of 2020, it was something that Sue Bird said um, before joining the Wubble for the Seattle Storm. And, and she just basically was like, if I don't play this summer, I'm, I'm done, maybe. And I think, I'm not saying that was Aaron Wright's situation, but what she said echoed that a little bit, which was, I just didn't want it to be two years before yeah. I came back out on the field. And so that's where the opportunity of the fall series to just get something, any little thing to grab onto and be like, okay, made it to this square and I can build off of that rather than, you know, leaving because you were pregnant in 2019. There is no season in 2020 congrats you get to start completely over in 2021 and so I think that that is a huge victory and it's something for Chicago to be really excited about absolutely 100% and you know again last game down three goals got five subs try it use it yeah why, why not? not made the trip man um Red Stars to their credit sure do love to win them a half of soccer when they are losing the prior half of soccer and uh looked a little bit different honestly in that second half. Shout out to Morgan Gutra. Uh, she actually was pretty active offensively in this game. That goal that, ruled. The, the goal that Chicago scored 
fucking ruled. Absolutely, 100% fucking ruled. And uh, honestly, it was something that she had been, quite frankly, probably not, maybe not intentionally working for, but that's part of what we're seeing out of this Red Stars um, new look offense, right? This what we were hoping to maybe see more of in a consistent basis within 2020 when they kind of just continued to collect forwards and, and wanted to have all of these different um, offensive looks, right? To sort of be able to kind of not, uh, you know, maybe sort of give the opposition never like a regular look, right? When you have so many different options. Um, but Morgan Trow was, was active in that first half. Uh, she was, Often that midfielder making that run into the box uh, saw it again early in the second half. There was a, an attempt that was saved, you know, from her um, or on an attempt by her. Khalil Watt still trying to, to be active in this half. And guys, I mean, they didn't concede another goal to Sky Blue. They conceded three of them in the first half, but uh, didn't concede not a single one. In that second half. That's what you call have a clean sheet, baby. <laughs> yeah, we love it. Where's the stats for that? Uh, Red Stars did their thing. A <laughs> couple more substitutions were made. We saw Zoe Garofsky come on in place for Casey Short at the 54th minute. Um, also additional substitutions for, for Sky Blue. They, they brought out Sabrina Flores for Nicole Basker. I know a player that we've enjoyed watching play throughout 2020. Um, Red Stars also got to see the return of Katie Johnson, uh, who came on for Aaron Wright, you know, after Aaron Wright kind of put in her 30-minute her uh, shift there. And uh, it was also nice to see her be able to get some time. The Red Stars coaches have spoken a bit about wanting to make sure that their players uh, were fit. They were going to err on the side of caution with them throughout 2020, no matter the circumstance no matter the position they were in I mean we saw that come to life it, it rang true during challenge cup when their starters started going out with injury they were like not worth it <laughs> not gonna play ended up being in a final still didn't matter they were like there's fresh legs here and we're gonna use them and uh, that didn't change for the fall series uh, you know you had players like Casey Short uh, Katie Johnson Aaron Wright Jenna Davidson who they were still bringing along and uh, it was nice to see Katie Johnson be able to get some uh, minutes here uh, in the final final match and uh, it helped change some things for the Red Stars we got to see Morgan Gatra go ahead and, and get that consolation goal for Chicago Red Stars faithful something that they failed to do in two championship finals but not in a final fall series match they got it they got it. Morgan Gatra, shout out to her. Shout out to Tierna Davidson, the young legend, serving him up, getting what was a beautiful set piece goal. Thing. With her head. Claire, speak on it. I think that we need to take a moment to appreciate exactly what that was. And, and I kept going back to the play that knocked Morgan Gatra out of the Challenge Cup uh, when she was like gunning up the middle to try to get on a ball and Abby Smith decked her. Um, Morgan Gatra is just not the same player. She's not the same person she was two years ago. She's brave and she's physical better. and she's better and she's energetic and she's making stuff happen. And I don't think she's played like this since college. So I just love, you love to see it, man. You love to get Tina Davidson back standing over a dead ball. We missed it it's it's delightful that was a delightful goal and yes did it mean anything for the game no the fact that that happened though was really nice um especially after quite frankly the worst thing for Chicago during this game and it is unfortunately a thing that happened to them in the challenge cup final as well is they were asked to possess and break down and figure something out and they couldn't. And I think that that is the thing that they really, really do need to be better about next year. Otherwise, it's going to be a long season. Um, but that was great. I loved it. I said, that's it. That's all I need. I'll that's take all it. I needed. That's all I needed. You know, and, and I didn't know. I didn't know that I needed it, Claire, until it happened. Because I was going to be content having the rescinded rescind red card moment. I was going to be like, you know what? That feels good. That feels good. That feels very representative of Red Stars 2020, but then that goal happened, and I was like, ooh, we've got two moments here. That's very nice. 
um yeah it it felt good i mean this 2020 started and ended with morgan control goals and that's uh, true yeah i'm here for that i'm here for that um I don't care what anyone says. I think that was also a part of uh, my initial impressions of that starting 11. Getting another chance to see uh, Danny Colaprico, Martin Gatra, and Vanessa DiBernardo kind of just do their thing in the midfield. Um, I made a comment that the Chicago Red Stars midfield is the shit, and it's uh, so consistently good that it is expected of them, and so nobody ever talks about it, and that's bullshit. They need to be talked about and spoken upon like they're the best midfield in the league because they're that good. Uh, they're that talented and that capable. And uh, it's crazy to think about some of the performances that they were able to put in this year. It's weird. Um, yeah, I think, um, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about 2020 as a whole, but I, I think that, I think that for me, and I, I am, I am a similar age, I think, to Vanessa DiBernardo. I think I'm a little bit older than Danny Colaprico. Like I, those three are a similar age to me. And so I've been, I've been watching them play with this team um, and, and going through these paces the same way that I kind of have uh, from a similar age. And I think that every year that they are the starting three, and especially this year, which by the end of the fall, they were like healthy. They were feeling good. They were, they were doing their thing. Um, it's very, we're very lucky. And this is not like a, a doomsday bell or a warning, but just by the nature of the way this stuff works, it's not going to be like this forever. And, and that's, it's okay. You know, and, and nothing I don't think is going to change between now and next year, but it, I feel lucky. It's the same way that I felt lucky to get to see Julie Ertz play a little bit this year. I feel really lucky to have that and to have those players that are such deep red stars. They just bleed. They bleed red stars, uh, you know, red and blue. And, and that means a lot to me. And it makes me feel good going into this off season um, to have them, you know, kind of be that trifecta uh, this fall. You guys, the Chicago Red Stars were not, unfortunately, were unfortunately just, just not able to come back after that 89th minute goal by Morgan Gutra, I where it was 3-1. Um, shout out to Khalil Watt for ending this game with a foul. I loved it. Love to see it. I was like, yes, Red Stars forwards don't score goals. They play defense and get fouls. And uh, it felt good. Felt right. Um, it felt... Uh, I did feel like that similar moment of like, okay, this is done. Finally, uh, not going to front. Uh, the match ended. Uh, final whistle blue. Red Stars dropped the uh, final fall series result. Uh, three to one. Uh, shout out to the Northeast pod featuring Chicago, Sky Blue, and Washington Spirits. Um, of which, I don't know if any of these three teams are going to be in the in the running for that Verizon Community Shield. I think Houston. I think uh, Portland Washington, wrapped it up. Portland, Portland wrapped it up. up. Houston got second, and third place is still in play. I Washington, think Washington could get third. Maybe. Washington could get third. Hopefully, unless North Carolina scores like six goals. Yeah, it's possible they're going up against the Pride, so we'll yeah. see. Uh, I would like to see a Northeast Pod team uh, get one of those grants for a local business. We'll see. Uh, if not, uh, shout out to uh, to everybody playing for their local programs and local orgs. Um, it's been nice to see uh, so many clubs speak upon how they intend to um, kind of raise funds, regard regardless of where those standings are. Um, you know, we saw Orlando Pride; they're gonna do a bit of a, an auction and raffle and stuff like that. So, so there's stuff in the works for for all kinds of great local businesses and programs. And um, we'll see uh, what happens for, for the Red Stars. But uh, now starts their, their off season. And uh, it was nice to – we got to chat a little bit with uh, post-game virtually, of course, with uh, head coach uh, Rory Dames. And we got a very nice um, teammate um, post-game with Sarah Gordon and Aaron Wright where we got to chat with them a little bit. Uh, we are going to – share some of that audio with you all so you can uh, have that to 
take with you during this uh, during this off season. Really nice stuff. It was great to chat with Erin Wright about her return to the pitch. It was great to get some insight from Sarah Gordon and her perspective on that weird moment on the pitch. Nice to chat with her about her feelings about going to a U.S. Women's National Team camp. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe the next thing to talk about, right, is to uh, do it. shout out uh, that six whole Red Stars are going to go be part of the, the U.S. domestic camp that is taking place, I believe, right after the 17th, right after the fall series ends. No games, but yeah, they're going to go, they're going to go do some stuff out in Colorado, I think is where they're doing it. Red Stars math. There are, in fact, six points on the Chicago Red Star that is on the flag. And there are, in fact, six Chicago Red Stars heading to a U.S. Women's National Team camp. Shout out to Alyssa Nair, Casey Short, Tina Davidson, Sarah Gordon, Morgan Gatra, and Kalia Watt uh, making their returns to a women's national team camp. Um, Claire, that felt good. When I saw that drop, I was like, man, that feels right. Yeah, it felt great. Um, I, I wrote a little thing about it for, for the Southside Trap Patreon where it was, I think, um, I, 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 it's basically, so a lot of this camp, there, there are some, there are some storylines, obviously, you know, they're not having overseas players come back for that. The, but I think that it's a good marriage of, of Vladko Andonovsky understanding that this is a little bit of a uncertain period, right? Because they don't know exactly what the U S is going to be doing next. So it is an evaluation period. And so he was able to reward some great NWSL play. And we know that he is more probably more the most U S inclined, sorry, the most inclined U S coach to do that. And so that's why you had six red stars. And I think it goes back to kind of what Watt told us last week, where she said, you know, during the challenge cup, we were not always playing the best soccer that we knew that we could, but we worked very, very hard for each other. And I think that Chicago's engagement with the challenge cup, right. They kind of succeeded by accident. They, they fell forward because of their team culture. I think that that's what gets you six U S women's national team call-ups, because I think that, I think that if you have a team, maybe like Portland or North Carolina that does some evaluating, but also kind of, is done with the tournament when they're done, you don't get that. And so I think that it's a huge testament to Chicago's um, ethic and quality. And it's a really good advertisement for the club. Like this is one of the biggest things. Chicago is not a rich team right now and they have to take the assets that they can. And one of those assets is that they develop us women's national team players. And it's huge that someone like Kaylee Watt takes a chance on this team and is rewarded with the us women's national team call up. It's obviously massive that Sarah Gordon works her way, not only in the last two years, works her way into even just becoming a Chicago red star starter, but then also a Chicago red stars leader that gets called up to us camp. That's huge. That gets, players excited to play for your club it matters um and also the games are fake right none of this is real but you know what is real is this opportunity and so the fact that they were able to do this um in the middle of this broken year is awesome it's really really cool yeah just it just felt like a testament to just sort of all the work that they've always put in um that stuff that we hear about coming out of coming out of the locker room, coming from the players and, and, and the coaches that have come and gone and talking a lot about um, the concept of the Red Stars culture and, and how to define that and what that means and all these moving parts that encompass really what that culture is, right? And part of it is moments like this. Um, it was fantastic to not only see that many Chicago Red Stars, I believe they're the only team with the most domestic players uh, on it from one club. And uh, the fact that it's, you know, not just the World Cup players who win. You know, you have World Cup champions who are going in, in Alyssa Nair and, and Morgan Gatron and, and Tierna Davidson. But, you know, players like Casey Short with a very infamous story and Sarah Gordon and Kalia Watt. And especially a player like Kalia Watt who, who wanted to come to Chicago specifically um, because – she wanted to push herself and try to get herself back into the conversation 
of the women's national team pool. And she's going to a women's national team training camp after four, five years, 2016, I think was the last time she was calling. So um, it really is a credit to her. And it is a testament to Vlako Andonofsky. I really appreciate, um, I mean, I think he was a coach who was, when he was named head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, I think there was just a general positive consensus right about that hire. Everyone was like, yes, like this feels right, makes sense, feels good. Um, But I think in this type of year, right, where everything has just sort of been magnified because of all of the struggles within it, having a play or a head coach like that with like that extensive knowledge of like domestic club play is so important. Um, there was a lot of room to fill like within a training camp because this is, that is what it is guys. It's just a training camp roster. It's not, um, it's not revolved or centered around any type of friendlies, right. Or, or matches that are occurring with another uh, international team. Um, and there are a number of significant U.S. women's national team regulars who are overseas at the moment and are navigating through their own personal injuries or opted out for other commitments. So there was a lot of room to fill there. And in doing that, having a head coach like Blacko uh, leads to this type of selection and it was dope to see that uh having covered the red stars like and having in turn had the opportunity to to work game days with a coach like Vladko Adonofsky whether he was with somebody like FC Kansas City or eventually with the rain hearing this coach talk about the players that he played against was always a real treat and players like Casey Short and players like Sarah Gordon and she's not on this list right now but players like Aaron Wright are players that he has talked about constantly whenever he has gone up against them in opposition and having that knowledge helps and obviously is a testament um, to all of these players that we're seeing in this training camp right now so shout out to Chicago for having the most shout out to clubs like Houston um integrating players like Groom and, and Mewis and, and, and among so many others. Uh, I'm sure there will be some opportunities for uh, media availability, so there might be some more updates coming out of that. Uh, but again, these aren't revolved around matches, so we might not um, see any type of like uh, match day minutes or anything like that. So uh, we wish them well. I know we were hyped about it. It felt like a nice way to sort of close out uh, 2020. And it uh, felt real nice to, to see all those, those players there. And um, I want to just take this moment, I guess, to just transition out of this, to just thank everybody for being uh, ride or die with us through this. Uh, man, what a, what a time, what a journey. And um, we're going to be back with you guys. We're going to have uh, kind of a wrap-up pod, right, for everyone. We're going to talk about what it all means, you guys. Uh, so we will be back with you. There are no more games. There are no more games to preview, but there was this last one to recap. And uh, you're going to want to stick around for that last one because obviously it'll, it'll, there will be some more things for us to, to sink our teeth into, and, and uh, you'll get to hear our thoughts about uh, the larger picture of that kind of stuff. And uh, we've got a ton of things in the works for all of our, our subscribers all of our Patreon subscribers, and all of our listeners. So please stick around. And, uh, you know, if you want to continue your support, Claire, how can people find us? I'm not going to do that. No, you're doing so well. Close it out, man. Keep going. You guys, just, just join the Patreon, guys. I mean, that's the best way to do it. I mean, we've got stuff coming up to close this month out. We've got stuff coming up for you in November. We're planning all the way through to the deep, dark winter months. We're all going to be locked in and hibernating so you know we've already been tackling this year all together let's just close it out the way we've been doing it all together uh, for love of god if you can please go you know check out the tiers uh, see find one that works for you we understand that you know stuff is difficult right now in this year it's 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 been ongoing right so if if subscribing to a monthly subscription is not something you're capable of doing right now. We understand. Uh, but please know that there are a multitude of ways for you to continue your support of the Southside Trap podcast, the podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. And you can do that 
by following us on our social media channels like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us on uh, streaming services like uh, Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. So go ahead and find us. Give us a, a like, follow, uh, rating, review. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you all. Uh, I hope everyone is registered to vote. I hope everybody has a plan. Uh, please go ahead and enact that as soon as you can. Early voting starts uh, next week for some spots. So check that out. Wear your mask, wash your hands, wash your face, wash everything, and uh, please continue your love and support for Black Players of Black Life. And we will be back with you next week, guys. Take care. Hey, guys. Uh, how you doing? What up? Uh, tough, tough result today. Tough result today, you guys. But uh, I think for, for starters, Sarah, I actually wanted to – to get your opinion on uh, what occurred there on the back line when that card was issued to Tierna, it looked like a little bit of a collective effort from the back line gang there to to try to appeal to the official. I just wonder if you just sort of walk me through all that. Yeah, you know, a little bit of our Chicago came out because we did not agree with that call. We had two defenders behind the ball, so we had a few words for the ref, and uh, thank God he reversed it because it would have been a long game, which is 10 players, but uh, no, no. Uh, it, it wasn't the right call, and I think everyone on the field knew it, so we were just trying to do what we could do to to get a change. Um, you, just to follow up, you guys were uh, you guys were pressed a lot back there, kind of having to sustain a lot of pressure. Can you sort of walk me through what you were seeing, mainly in the first half there against that attack? Uh, Look, kind of like you were were everywhere trying to cover some spaces there. Yeah, I actually think that it was different from the last game we played them a few weeks ago. Um, instead of pressing us as center backs when. Uh, you know, coming out from the back, getting the ball from Melissa, they let the center backs have the ball. And so, you know, we always have a little bit of trouble when teams lay off us and we're not breaking a press because, you know, we have to actually figure out how we can get around it. Um, they left the outsides open for us, but we just had a little bit of trouble with quality uh, in those spaces. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was different than what we were expecting, and it took us a little bit too long to figure it out. Yeah. Um, just to uh, acknowledge, uh, Aaron, welcome back on your return back uh, to play today. Um, can, you, you. can you sort of, uh, it was good to see you get out there and, and get some minutes. Can you sort of uh, walk us through how, you, how you're feeling sort of sort of post first first minutes in 2020? Yeah, I mean, it's never easy coming back from having a child, <laughs> um, especially into this league, one of the best leagues in the entire world. Um, so it was just a challenge for sure, and I've really only been training for like two and a half weeks. So I knew it was going to be a fitness battle really for me. Um Still only about 70% that I knew I needed to get a run out. It was kind of a goal of mine to just see the field in 2020 um, because it was heartbreaking to miss the end of 2019 um, when I didn't want to go almost two years without getting a game. So um, it was it was good, and I've had super supportive teammates, super supportive um, medical staff. Everyone here at Chicago has really helped me and been super encouraging, helping me through the pregnancy process and getting back out of the field. So I couldn't be happier with my club. Uh, congratulations on your return back. Uh, safe travels, guys. Thanks for a uh, good season. Thanks, Sandra. And the last question will go to Claire Watkins. Hey, guys. Again, tough result today, but more congratulations in order. Sarah, you got called up to full U.S. Women's National Team camp this week. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that felt like kind of on your road, you know, through the through your career? And then, Aaron, what was it like to watch Sarah get rewarded for that hard work with that call-up? <laughs> um, obviously, like, it's an honor to be called into camp. Um, it's definitely something that I've had in the back of my mind, our whole Utah for the Challenge Cup and even the fall series. And, you know, it's something that, I, that I've wanted. Um, it's been a crazy ride from where I started. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an honor. And I'm excited to continue to improve and to continue to get better in the areas I need to get better in and, and kind of see how I still uh, tap into my potential. Um, and for me, I personally have watched Sarah grow since her first year in the league, and I think this has been a long time coming. She's one of the most underrated players in the league. I remember specifically the year she came back and she was killing it. She goes, I learned how to play soccer. <laughs> she goes, you just got to push it by him and run. And, run. and that's what she does. I mean, she has gotten better and better on the ball, and she 100% deserves this, and she's had to step into a leadership role this year that um, – 
she wasn't really expecting, and she took it in stride, and I think that she's super deserving of this, and I'm excited to see what she does. Thanks, guys. Safe travel home. Thank you. Bye.